Everyone these days wants to create a category. And I think it's a great strategy. And a, a lot of times, um, you know, at worst, you come out with really strong positioning and branding. At best, you do create a new category. And oftentimes it does just look like a good positioning uh, exercise in the beginning. And it's just that for a few years until it actually becomes a category. But uh, I, I think there's only good that comes out of it. But when I think of a lot of the things that we did right at Engageo to really build and grow the ABM category, it really comes down to content, uh, content and community. Hey everyone, George Soto here, and you're watching the Product-Led Revenue Show. Today, I'm joined by my friend, Brandon Rellinger, who's Senior Director of Product Marketing at Ring DNA. Brandon, dude, it's so, so good to see you. It brings me a lot of nostalgia just because of my days in the Valley, and I would always run into you everywhere. You yeah, man. Assist. That's you know, right. You, you helped create a category, dude. You've crushed it, man. Thank you for being on the show today. A hundred percent, man. I feel like this is coming full circle. I had you on my podcast with uh, Ben Sardella like you know, seven years ago, if you remember that. Yeah, the, yeah. The good Dude, old days. you've been hustling, man. And congratulations. I know the last time we saw each other in person, you were getting married, I think it was. Yes, yeah. yeah so kudos congratulations thank I you now we got a kid no oh, nice. way. yeah congrats dude awesome well i have a kid but it's not human it's uh, a, a dachshund and, oh nice <laughs> yeah and he's actually biting my feet right now so there you go uh, well why don't you tell folks a little bit about your career background how'd you end up getting into tech and then really being part of the ABM movement and now really at one of the hottest sales tech companies on earth yeah, absolutely. So I actually, out of college, my, my first real job was in sales. Uh, I was an SDR, you know, it was boiler room. We were on the, uh, on the phone, you know, six, seven, sometimes eight hours a day, you know, taking inbound calls, making a ton of outbound calls, did that for a little bit. Um, and then moved up to an AE, carried a bag myself for two years. Um, and then after that, I, I really took an interest in marketing. The head of marketing at the company that I was working at, really showed me how scientific marketing, marketing could be and how much fun she was having testing and how predictable it could be. So I was like, man, I would love to learn that side of it. So I left sales to join a pretty early stage company where we were selling uh, coaching and training programs. Um, and then there was something in me that was like, man, I feel like there's still something more to marketing. I want to learn like the more technical side of marketing. Where should I go to learn about tech? Silicon Valley. So that's when I made my way out to California, uh, met you and a bunch of other amazing people out there. I joined a company called Persist IQ. They were right out of YC, Y Combinator. Um, and yeah, first marketing hire, built everything from the ground up there. Um, had a ton of fun doing that and then got approached by John Miller and said, why don't you come run brand and demand for me? That was when he first started Engageo, which is you know the, the leading ABM platform. Um, so did that for four years until we got acquired by Demandbase. So after the acquisition, I went over, I ran Demand Gen at Demandbase for, geez, I don't know, six, seven months. 
And then I had this other opportunity just kind of fell in my lap at Ring DNA. And I love the team, love the product, love this space. I love the sales space, man. It's, it's great to get back in the sales space. Uh, and then, yeah, here we are a few months later. I'm fresh into Ring DNA and loving it, man. Yeah, well, shout out to Howard. Shout out to William. Shout out to Andy Paul. Yes. Uh, for also yep. shit, you know, just OGs in the, in the game. And so, uh, yep. you know, I just love those folks. I remember William invited me to speak at their session at uh, Dreamforce. And I, I'm going to say this was like, I don't know, 2012, maybe or so, something like that. So uh, thank you by the way, William, for that, because uh, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. And I haven't got an invite since. So, <laughs> so I appreciate it. Well, you know, you're, you're now in product marketing and, you know, there, it's so interesting because I talk to a lot of product marketers on this show and uh, just in general at Reprise. And it seems like product marketers do different things based on the company and maybe the size of the organization and those sort of things. What would you say in your experience and maybe particularly now as a senior director are the core responsibilities of a product marketer uh, today? And what are like, you know, frankly, the top product marketers look like? Yeah, totally. I think it's a great question. And I think it's changing a lot. This, you know, product marketing is really growing and evolving and, you know, product-led growth on the go-to-market side is, it seems to be a pretty hot topic right now. But, you know, at its core, I really think product marketing is about connecting the customers to the value that your, your product delivers, Right. And how we do that really is a few different things. Like I, I really see there's like five different pillars when it comes to product marketing. There is uh, like market research and insights. There is messaging and positioning. There's the sales enablement piece. There's the go to market, the launch strategy, that sort of stuff. Um, and then there's also pricing and packaging. A lot of times that gets put over to sales or the RevOps team or whatever. Um, I, I think that whoever it belongs to, product marketing should have a very strong say in that. Um, but those are kind of like the, the, the key pillars when I think of product marketing. Now, there are, of course, a lot of soft skills that make um, you know, certain marketers really great at specifically product marketing. And that's, those are things like communication. You really have to be crisp and clear with not only your written communication, but also presenting too. There is cross-departmental collaboration. So product marketing, a lot of times, it really should be that main hub that disseminates information to all the different um, departments within your organization. It's making sure everyone's really on the same page, right? You want to make sure that a sales deck looks like the same as a marketing deck, looks like the same as a customer success or support deck. They're saying the same things. There's the same value proposition, but also you're collecting that information, right? Like these are the people that are on the front lines learning and testing things, right? So you can say, is this resonating? Um, get that feedback from your team tweak that messaging, refine that, then again, disseminate that back out. So really product marketing is going to be that, uh, that kind of central hub. And then, you know, another soft skill is empathy, man. Like you really have to know and understand your customers and, and your, your product marketer should know your customers better than anyone else at your company. 
Amazing. Amazing. You know, you've been part of a lot of different movements, sales engagement now that's emerged from what Persist was doing. And, uh, and then of course, ABM with Engageo. And, you know, if you think about your demand gen playbook, when creating a category, what does that typically look like? And how is it different than just kind of going into a category that already exists, maybe a legacy one? Yeah, that's a great question. Everyone these days wants to create a category. And I think it's a great strategy. And a, a lot of times, um, you know, at worst, you come out with really strong positioning and branding. At best, you do create a new category. And oftentimes it does just look like a good positioning uh, exercise in the beginning. And it's just that for a few years until it actually becomes a category. But uh, I, I think there's only good that comes out of it. But when I think of a lot of the things that we did right at Engageo to really build and grow the ABM category, it really comes down to content, uh, content and community, right? So uh, Engageo specifically, we were really known for our content. And, you know, Christopher Lockhead, if people know him out there, you know, one of the, the OGs of category creation, you know, he calls himself a category pirate. Uh, he says, you have to be very generous in the beginning. And that is the exact approach that we took with ABM. Like a rising tide lifts all boats, right? So anything that we do to push the whole category forward, we were for it. There were some other players who are not around anymore who were only just shouting their name from the rooftops, right? They were just evangelizing themselves where we were evangelizing the category. And once we really became that leader, that thought leader, the, um, the, the company that's putting out the best content and the best tactical um, skills and everything that you would need to execute ABM, you know, that, that's what really worked for us. You know, moving the category forward really moved us forward too. So if you can define the category, you are of course going to be that leader. So, um, and, and that's, that's things like, you know, for us, it was the clear and complete guide to ABM. I was Anyone? just thinking that, Brandon. I was talking to an Amazon executive a couple of weeks ago and she was giving me some feedback and she was like, you know, I was, we were talking about category creation. She's like, you know what? You know, for example, Engageo and the, yes. the, the, yep. like literally she's like, I've never even used the software, but I just knew, like I learned about ABM from them. So if I would have gotten to the point where I, you know, I needed it, I would have bought them, right? Exactly. And I, I heard that last week. I was talking with someone completely unrelated to marketing and ABM came up and they're like, yeah, I read that Engageo book. Did you have anything to do with that? It's like, yeah, I wrote that shit. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like 95% of people who are doing ABM or who are looking into ABM have downloaded that book, right? And kind of like you said, whether they were actually using the Engageo software or not, Right. Of course, it's going to help if you use it, but it's extremely helpful if you don't use the Engageo software. It's moving the category forward, right? It's evolving the category. Um, and then it's other things like, you know, we always put out lists of top ABM influencers. We do things like, um, uh, um, what do you call it? ABM certifications. That, that's something that demand based did extremely well. And again, it's not, I'm going to certify you on how to use demand based for ABM. It's I'm going to certify you on how to do ABM. Mm. So they actually brought in one of the, um, one of the smartest companies out there to, to, um, help them put that together. Um, ITSMA and Inverta, if you know, those guys, like they, 
they have, they're not selling software or anything. We partnered with them so that we could put together the best ABM training possible. It's a third party that's really helping us deliver that, right? Like it's all these things that are really um, help establishing us as kind of that go-to um, for anything ABM related. Um, and then of course, kind of tying right in with content is the community part. Um, so you have a lot of people who are coming together, looking for ABM best practices, looking for examples, looking for those playbooks. And then, um, which is kind of part of the content side too, is like we created our own language around ABM, right? Like it was, it was before I got there, but you know, John Miller evangelized the marketing qualified account. Like he had so much to do with the marketing qualified lead back yeah. at Marketo, but then evolved that to the next step and just gave people language to help, um, to help communicate and talk to each other and help really verbalize some of the stuff that they're going through. That was a big, uh, another big thing that we did to move, uh, to move that movement forward. Like it's, it's the, the language that people use and it's those terms and um, being able to talk to each other. So really content community was so big in, in category creation, but also like the ongoing influence of how that category evolved. I think that's mm. just as important. Awesome, man. So many gems there. Thank you so much. <laughs> I know course. we had a bunch of questions. I was like, you know what? Let's, let's just keep rocking on, on, <laughs> these, on these. But let's actually dive in a little bit to into social just because you're fucking crushing it on social, man. Like I, I follow you. I'm like, you know, you get, you're crushing it. I, I learned so much from, from your posts, you know, and it seems like Facebook is crushing or I should say LinkedIn is crushing Facebook right now in terms of B2B. Like, I don't even think you can really get anything done on Facebook without paying. And right. LinkedIn still has that engagement. How should B2B SaaS brands be thinking about their LinkedIn versus Facebook strategy right now? Should we even care about Facebook at all? Yeah, I... I... <laughs> The data really is leaning towards no, right? But like, I think it really matters the most where your buyers are. So, you know, if, if you are sales, marketing, um, almost anyone on the revenue side, your, your buyers are really going to be on LinkedIn. And I, I think companies, there's so much untapped potential on LinkedIn still, right? So the companies that I see are crushing it on LinkedIn actually there's two pieces of it. There's one, they're doing more interesting things from the company page, the company profile. It's not just read this blog, uh, watch this, you know, sign up for this webinar, download this ebook. They're actually putting out interesting things that they almost treat it more like a personal profile, right? And then, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, I'll go back to freaking this book that I read years ago, Jab, 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 Right Hook, right? Gary Vaynerchuk, right? It's, it's give, 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 and then make the ask. It's also not give, 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 take, right? It's give, 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 then make that ask. So those companies that are doing well are just putting out valuable content. It's not every single time there's a CTA because then we, be, we become blind to that stuff. And then the company doesn't get much engagement. Then those views go down. And then the company gets frustrated. Why aren't we doing so well on LinkedIn anymore? It's because you don't have an up-to-date strategy, right? And then the other thing that I think the smart companies are doing um, is evangelizing their employees on LinkedIn. 
it's, I've got a guy on my team, Alec Paul, he is just crushing it for us. So one, of course, he's doing all those things I was mentioning um, on the company page, but two, he's helping enable other people at our company to have strong voices at Ring DNA. And I did this at uh, Demand Base too, um, but you see other companies like drift less these days since Dave Gerhardt left, but you know, like now Privy, right? Or um, uh, Gravy, if you know Gravy, Clary, a lot of those companies are just enabling their team um, and really empowering their team to go say smart, interesting things out there, which then builds this brand halo effect, which then it'll come back to your brand, right? So if it's like, Alec and Brandon and William and Howard are all saying really interesting, valuable things. And they're all working at Ring DNA. Maybe I should go check out Ring DNA. Oh, they're putting out some interesting things mm. too. Let me follow them. And that way we stay top of mind without being annoying until someone's ready to buy um, a, a solution for them. Right. So um, that's there's there's a lot that goes into it, this too. And, and and honestly, it's like it's a lot of hard work. Yeah. Everyone wants to just post stuff and then get all the likes and followers. It's much harder than that, as you know, right? Yeah. There's commenting on other people's posts, there's engaging other people, there's responding to your own comments. And there's actually just a lot of thought that goes into your own posts. But I think there's still just a lot of untapped potential for companies and then influencers within companies currently on LinkedIn right now. So, I mean, I'm, I'm all in, I know you are too, cause I know reprise and you and Joe, like you guys are crushing it too, man. Oh, thanks. Well, we're early. So you know, yeah. it's a long journey, but we're, we're having fun. I think that's probably the most uh, important aspect of it. Brandon, thank you so much. I'd love to, to get you back on the show at some point and, you know, maybe top uh, focus on some other topics. If folks want to follow you on social, I'm guessing LinkedIn is probably the best channel to reach you and maybe learn more about ring DNA. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think, I think I'm the only Brandon Redlinger on LinkedIn, but the, certainly the only one at ring DNA. And then if, yeah, feel free anyone to, to shoot me a message there or brandon.redlinger at ringdna.com. Happy to follow up. I, I love geeking out about this stuff, man. You and I could go all day. If we oh could, yeah, man. for sure. All day. hundred percent, hundred percent. And then also check out your podcast, maybe uh, give a, you know, if folks want to like learn a little bit more about Andy Paul's uh, podcast, do you have any URL you can give folks out there to, to check it out? Absolutely. So yeah, we, we have a kick-ass podcast ourselves called the sales enablement podcast with Andy Paul. You can find it wherever fine podcasts are found, or just go to ringdna.com slash podcast. Uh, you can check out the backlog of content plus show notes, plus a bunch of other goodies too. So yeah, just go to ringdna.com backslash podcast. Awesome. Brandon, great to see you. I wish I can give you a bear hug right now. You're I know, such a man. Great guy. But uh, yeah, soon. hopefully soon. Well, soon. Yeah. That's right. Always hopefully a pleasure, soon. George. Always Likewise. Pleasure. Uh, we'll talk soon. Have a great day. Sounds good. You too. Bye.